Welcome to Christ the Center, your weekly conversation of Reformed Theology. This is episode number 335. My name is Camden Busey. I'm the pastor of Hope Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Grays Lake, Illinois. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. Let me introduce to you our regular. We have Jared Oliphant, who is regional coordinator for Westminster Theological Seminary. Welcome back, Jared. It's good to speak with you once again. Thanks, Camden. Good to be on this one. Yes, it's a very special episode. We're welcoming back to the program now as a panelist. We have Timothy Brindle, who is a hip-hop recording artist as well as an admissions counselor at Westminster. Welcome back, Timothy. It's good to speak with you again. It's a pleasure and honor to be a part of this episode with you brothers and my longtime friend and brother in Christ, Shai Lin. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You heard it first from Timothy. We're welcoming to the program for the very first time, Shai Lin, who is a very well-known and accomplished uh, hip-hop recording artist with Lamp Mode Records. He's also a member of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., and working on ministry there. Uh, It's so great to have you, Shai. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Today we're going to be speaking about uh, Shai's endeavors, uh, musically, but also theologically and uh, ministerially. Uh, He has a new album, which is set to release very soon, titled Lyrical Theology, Volume 2. He's looking at doxology and the relationship specifically of theology to doxology and vice versa. Uh, Shai is well known and and has written and performed and and, uh, worked on several different albums that are just loaded and rich with Reformed theology. We're going to unpack all of that today. Today and speak about what it means for Christians to engage culturally and what it means uh, for us to contextualize things in a right and biblical way and how we can teach others and share the good news of the gospel through a variety of formats. We're going to talk about that today, but before we do so, I do need to mention that Christ the Center is listener-supported. We do rely on the generous support of all of our listeners and viewers to help us produce and distribute all of these programs free of charge. Once again, we appeal to you and ask that you'd visit us online today at reformedforum.org donate to help us continue doing our labors. Uh, we love it. We volunteer here, uh, working uh, to promote healthy and solid Reformed theology that teaches uh, what the Bible teaches. So visit us online today. Pledge your support. We want to thank you so much for helping us out in everything we do here at Reformed Forum in this particular program, Christ the Center. Well, I don't know if our regular listeners would be aware, but this is somewhat of a coup, uh, the fact that we've been able to get uh, Shai on the phone, and it's such a joy to be able to speak with him. Shai, I hear that you've actually uh, listened to some of our programs before, and uh, you've actually uh, you know, stayed very much up to date in terms of uh, your knowledge and interaction with Reformed Theology. Is that true? That that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to hear from you, and it's great to speak with you. You know, I've been aware of your music for quite some time. I've been overwhelmed uh, just by the teaching and the theology that's that are in your tracks, and just overjoyed by the fact that I, I find such rich teaching in this music uh, because I think it will make it accessible to a to a group of people uh, that that might not have heard this reformed teaching in the past. Can you speak to us a bit about your project over? Overall, and what you're attempting to do in terms of teaching through music, and in your words, using and doing lyrical theology. What does that mean to you, and, and what are you after? Yeah, um, so you know, when we when we think about theology, we're thinking about the the study of God um, as as revealed uh, as God has revealed Himself in in the Scriptures, and um, it's it's long been my desire to take um, the 
truth of God as he's revealed himself and then to um, to communicate that truth. Um, and so so lyrical theology, it's kind of combining the the cultural form of of hip hop, um, rhythmic poetry. Um, and um, and I believe uh, I listened to the uh, show before that you guys did with Timothy and uh, and one of the points that he had brought out um, is that with with the actual form of of rap it allows for the communication of many ideas within a small amount of musical space uh, which is one of the advantages of of the medium um, but so so the the idea is to is to take these weighty truths and um, and then attempt to to communicate them uh, through this uh, this particular form. Um, so it's it's, it's in, in one sense it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. One of the main tracks off the new album is available uh, as a music video on YouTube. You can find uh, that. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, we thank Lamp Mode so much also for giving us an advanced copy of the album so we've been able to listen to it in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Every single track is worth it. There's no uh, fat on this album at all, not just musically but also theologically. Uh, one of the early tracks here, you really bring up the relationship of theology to doxology. What do you mean by that? And why is that such an important lesson to learn um, as we engage in ministry, but also just understanding what it means to be a Christian in daily life? Sure. Yeah, so the idea is that is that theology, the study of God, is never meant to be an end in and of itself, uh, but that it's to be a, a means to um, one, one, one of the ends is doxology, which is the, the praise of of God, so one of the things I think about is in, you know, in Ephesians chapter one, where where the apostle Paul is laying out these these glorious truths of God and His uh, electing purposes and foreknowing and and choosing His people. Um, the the ultimate aim there, it says, is to the to the praise of His glorious grace, um, and and that's that's doxology, uh, expression Amen. of praise mm-hmm. to God, um, and so. Uh, so doxology is the kind of, you know, if thinking in a progression of of thought, okay, we want to move it from, uh, okay, we have these awesome truths about God, Christ, and the gospel. Now, what does it look like to respond to God rightly? Mm. Um, and that is through worship, through adoration, through praise, a.k.a. doxology. And one thing that's also brought up in that track is the reverse is also true, right? We can't have mm-hmm. doxology without right teaching as well, right? That's correct. That's mm-hmm. correct. So one of the things I'd say there is that, you know, if, if you have if you have theology without doxology, you have dead, cold orthodoxy, mm-hmm. uh, which we don't want that. And then on the flip side, if you have doxology that's not informed by good theology, then you actually have idolatry. Mm. Uh, and so we want to we avoid both of those extremes. Yeah, and that's the lesson that you get, and it, and it bounces around and gets implanted into your head as you listen to this music. And so it becomes a much more significant and effective way to teach that basic lesson. It's not the exclusive way to teach it, but it becomes an additional way for us to learn and to teach. And that's what mm-hmm. I think is so helpful with this album. It's just one very small and simple example. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. I, I had a question. Um, Shai, you and Timothy have been working together for a while. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about how has this understanding, what you're articulating right now, how has that evolved 
over the years. And Timothy, I'd love for you to weigh in too. In other words, when you started out doing what you're doing, rapping, thinking about theology, how those two things intersect, what what was the idea starting out and how has that evolved a little bit um, over the past few years that you've been doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the, in the very beginning, um, you know, both, both Tim and I were uh, deeply entrenched in, in secular hip hop culture. We uh, had an appreciation for, uh, for the art form and, um, and for the you know, particular style of music, um, and uh, once once we came to Christ, uh, in in some ways it was a um, it was a natural fit to say, okay, w- one of the things that hip hop is um, based on is um, speaking uh, speaking from your experience, um, authentically from your experience. So you know, in hip hop, you have mantras like "keep it real," right? Mm-hmm. Um, authenticity, a, a huge value, uh, and um, and then when you think about what uh, what the Lord says about you know out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks it was it was a, a natural thing for us to um, man communicate what the Lord has been doing in us in our lives um, and you know and when I first met Tim and we began to study the the Book of Romans together. Um, just just rejoicing in these in these truths um, and just you know having a desire to to articulate those things um, and so Tim I don't know if you want to want to chime in a little bit on that aspect of it mm. yeah that's well well said it's wonderful because um, when I first met shy um, I guess you had been a believer for about two years shy mm-hmm. um, because in 1999, you got married to the truth. <laughs> um, and in 2001, a few weeks after getting saved, I met Shy. Um, and, and I was just leaving or on my way, uh, struggling to leave the secular group I was in. But when I met Shy, um, and, you know, our, our relationship was somewhat centered around hip hop, but I would say more so. It was it was centered around discipleship and getting into the word, and, and that was because of Shai's leading. But when he did rhyme for me, it was quite clear that this brother was worshiping. He was worshiping the living Christ. So there was still props involved in his rhymes, but instead of directed to himself, they were directed to the resurrected King, Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, but what's so encouraging to me with this project is there's actually a hymn on the album that Shai wrote. Um, called You Alone Are God. And Shai, you must have wrote that in 2000, 2001, 2002, around that time. Yeah, somewhere around there. And at this time, um, Shai and I had both joined uh, Christ Liberation Fellowship together, and Shai was the worship leader. Um, So both on Sundays and then every once a month, we would have a a, a hip-hop worship uh, service um, where we used hip-hop and lyrical theology to worship Christ. But um, we would usually start with hymns that Shy would sing, um, and sometimes they would be like the ones that are on this project. So it's a delight for me here in 2014 to see um, these things come out on a, on a CD. Uh, but it's really something that Shy's been doing for 12, 13, 14 years in the midst of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. um, namely not just doing you know excellent hip hop, but rather 
leading uh, God's people um, to Christ in worship um, in a way that is culturally relevant, but continues to center around the person and work of Jesus Christ. And it's really been a model for a lot of the brothers in our circle in this area. So it's, it's really been a great blessing. Yeah, and so so Jared, just just to come come full circle. So in terms of the evolution of it, in in a lot of ways, what's what's happening now is the is the fruit of of many years of um, reflection on on these things. Um, and yeah, so so it's for for those who are kind of close enough uh, within my kind of inner circle that this is really nothing new. It's it's just more new to a to kind of a broader audience. If that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense and it provides a good context. And just speaking of hymns, listeners will be happy to, to see a, a couple other familiar hymns on yeah. there. We can talk about those <laughs> uh, specifics. But the blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> such cool renderings. And, and the last track, obviously, um, we can get mm. those in, in due time. But um, really appreciate just how all those pieces fit together. Mm. You know, um, Lyrical Theology Part 1, I'm looking at the, the track listing here. This one has been out uh, for a year or so, and, it, and it's available. Just to let some of the listeners know who have not heard this album, I'll just list some of the track titles, and you'll see how rich and deep uh, this album attempts to go. And in my opinion, uh, in my judgment, it's successful. Uh, we have The Hypostatic Union, that's the name of track two, Active Obedience, then Exalted, The Holy Spirit, two tracks on Regeneration, Number eight's on election, which is is so rich. I love number track eight. Mm. And we have one on cosmic powers. I'm skipping one, but number 11 is the millennium, where he offers a defense for amillennialism and looks at Revelation chapter 20. But let's back up one track to track 10, because this is one that both of you, Timothy and Shai, collaborate on called False Teachers. This one got a lot of attention, uh, Shai, and you wrote a wonderful response. I believe it was last year, maybe a year before that, mm-hmm. uh, in which you received a lot of heat for actually calling out and listing names in terms of mm-hmm. people who were false teachers. How has this track really underscored your project? It's received a lot of attention, not that it's the only track worthwhile, mm-hmm. but it really crystallizes in a way what you're about in terms of exposing false teaching, but also promoting something that's actually biblical and sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the idea with uh, false teachers, um, with that, I was trying to to do um, to basically use the medium of hip hop for something that it's particularly good at, um, which is uh, to sound the alarm, um, to kind of in your face, um, confrontational, um, to to get a point across, um, and. Um, uh, particularly in uh, in urban contexts, um, I mean, the prosperity gospel is is all over the place. Uh, but it, the the uh, passion to to do the song, uh, even though we had addressed these things um, many years back uh, in our music, so it wasn't anything new. But the the desire to um, to, to reiterate some of those things uh, came. As I began to get correspondence over the years um, from from brothers and sisters in uh, in different countries in Africa, uh, who just have just communicated um, how the prosperity gospel just just ravishing uh, ravaging churches over there, um, and um, and so yeah, it was it was just a desire to to communicate. Um, truthfully um what the what the problem is with the prosperity gospel and then to uh to speak um to you know 
concerning particular uh, teachers who who propagate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for these two albums, then, how, how would you say that they relate? And uh, maybe also as a follow-up question, is there a part three coming along, or, or is it basically part one, part two, these things are um, going together in um, not, not an opposite way, obviously, but a complementary way as a two-parter? Yeah, no, so it's, it's a three-part series. So it's, uh, first part is theology, second part is doxology. And the third part will be sociology. Wow. Uh, so, oh, nice. Yeah. So, so if uh, we, and in the uh, CD insert, uh, there's a, uh, like a diagram of a, of a human being. Um, and um, each, each, each uh, album has a, has a line with a circle around a different body part. So if, if theology is represented by the head and then doxology is represented by the heart, then sociology would be represented by the hands and feet. That's really interesting um, because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but these concepts are so interwoven, right? So it, um, the, the part one has so much doxology to it and sociology to it and, and the like for, for part two and I'm sure eventually part three. Um, but the sociology aspect is, is so interesting the way that works with both albums, part one and part two. And I'm thinking mainly about um, contextualization, how you present this to um, Christian culture, even people outside. What, what has, um, ha- how have you thought about that? Just um, contextualization given, given what you do. Mm-hmm. So when I think about uh, contextualization, and I know that there's a lot of, a lot of controversy um, over the idea of contextualization. Um, what I mean when, when, when I say that is, is simply removing obstacles to the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. So, so um, communicating um, God's truths in a way that removes obstacles. So, so, so language itself is is a form of contextualization, right? Uh, it's the reason why translation work right. is done, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then you can see that from uh, from a cultural standpoint as well. Um, and so, so the idea is that anytime you have a, a majority culture um, and a minority culture, um, at some point, the minority culture is going to have to climb a cultural wall in order to participate with the majority. Um, and, and what con- contextualization, um, I think, rightly should aim to do is as much as possible while remaining uh, faithful to the content of scripture is to um, is to say how how can how can I love this other culture in such a way that I remove some of the obstacles that may be in the way for them to to hear uh, these particular truths um, and so so one of the things that I saw you know I, you know in uh, being in Philadelphia I was I was a member at Tenth Presbyterian uh, Church not long after I, I became. A believer um, and wonderful brothers and sisters there, um, and but one of the one of the challenges that that I saw was is that it was just it was difficult for me to uh, to fully participate because it was the, the cultural forms were outside of my natural cultural context, um, mm-hmm. and so um, so while I could appreciate the uh, the rich truths in the hymns um it was 
it was at times, it was literally difficult for me to sing. <laughs> so I remember talking to uh, uh, Pastor Rick Phillips, uh, who was there at the time, <laughs> about how sometimes when I would sing the hymns, it would literally hurt my throat <laughs> because just the, the style of singing was just something that I wasn't, like the muscles in my throat just weren't used to singing in that particular style. Um, and um, and so so the burden that I've had has been, okay, how can I take these same glorious truths and then and then communicate it to a group of people whose throats might hurt to sing it in a, <laughs> a different kind of way. Um, and, yeah. and, and one thing I always say is that, so somebody's throat is always hurting. <laughs> um, but, but it's just that the, the, oftentimes the majority culture doesn't realize that. Um, but if, if, we, if we would take the time to, to ask those who, who may be in minorities in our, in our particular context, we might um, be surprised to know that. Yeah, absolutely. It, i just curious as well to follow up on that same idea. Um, does this apply as well to, to your teaching? Um, some of the listeners may know that you just spoke on biblical theology at, at a nine marks conference at Southern. Um, mm-hmm. So are you trying to do kind of a similar thing there as well? Uh, so I, I think in, in whatever setting I'm in, I want to try to remove any obstacles that may be in, you know, to, to the gospel. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we know that the, the Apostle Paul, when, when he spoke to you know, Jewish audiences, it was different than when he spoke to Gentile audiences, even though mm-hmm. the, the substance of the message pointed to Christ ultimately. But, but he, he, he was selective about what he emphasized based on who he was talking to. Um, and, and so I, I, I try to, you know, certainly keep in mind who, who I'm speaking to when I'm, when I'm speaking. Just to follow up again on the contextualization, Shai, you, you had been hesitant to do uh, music videos at all until mm-hmm. this album. And, and we can talk about the one that you did, but um, can you, can you speak to us a little bit about why you had the hesitation and, and also why you chose to broke that out in this album with uh, Be Glorified? Yeah. So, uh, so my hesitation for, uh, for doing videos, it was, it was based on two, two challenges that I saw, uh, one being an, an artistic challenge. Um, so, so just from an aesthetic standpoint, um, having a background in, um, in theater and, and acting and film and that kind of thing, um, um, basically I, I never wanted to do a music video if I wasn't able to do it creatively and and skillfully um and but the there's challenges to to that um just financial financially speaking um and so so that was one thing um but then the other thing was uh was a was a biblical more of a theological challenge that i had which is uh, just the fact that that music videos are a visual medium right so it's a it's a medium of images and um, and that's from a biblical standpoint, um, images are, are dangerous. Um, so, you know, there, there's something about the, uh, the, the human heart, the sinful human heart that is, um, uniquely tempted to, to worship images. Um, and, um, and so, um, I, I never wanted the things that I'm communicating in the music 
uh, to be at odds with what we're seeing visually in the video. Um, and I think sometimes um, in, in my experience with the videos that I've seen, um, you know, Christian, Christian guys uh, who desire to honor the Lord, um, but, um, you know, they may be saying God glorifying things in the words. But then when I look at the, the actual video, it's, it's, it's communicating something, something different. And so, um, so, I, so I just, just wanted to, I, I was aware of that tension um, and didn't want to do a video until I felt comfortable that those tensions could be resolved. You know, in your video, I think it's uh, very striking. This is a point that was made by a friend of mine, Jonathan Brack, that when we, when we finally, after several minutes, come to see you in the video, uh, the, the scene is you standing and preaching. Mm-hmm. to the people. So even though you do have a visual of it, nevertheless, it's an emphasis upon the word, mm-hmm. which even in a visual way underscores the significance of, uh, of what you're trying to promote here anyway. That's right. And that, that that's absolutely intentional. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's very thoughtful and very much appreciate uh, the consistency of the message with the art form and vice versa. The art is seeking to promote your message in a way that's helpful rather than one that's contradictory. Amen. Yeah. Well, I, I also want to underscore the fact that many of the lyrics and the words here are not only a, a useful for contextualizing Reformed theology for an urban crowd, as we might expect, because that there's a preponderance of, of interest, in, and I would say um, the hip-hop crowd is not exclusive to, although um, you find a higher concentration of it in urban settings. But nevertheless, there's there's a lot here to learn for crowds that would not generally listen to uh, hip-hop music, either for personal taste or sociological reasons, whatever those may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I noticed here, I love some of the lyrics in track two, Worship God, and it speaks about how we were made to worship God, which underscores mm. the applicability of this for every single person, because we're all made for this purpose. But mm. here on this point, especially given uh, current debates, track mm-hmm. seven, you have this track called Christ, a C-H-R-I-S-T, spelled mm-hmm. out. And you speak about the theme of love and obedience, um, you know, a lot to be said there in terms of the law and the third use of that law. You have a, an actual lyric here, he empowers us to work, right? It's a rhetorical question. Can you speak about what you're attempting to promote and teach here in this track? Because I think it's a lesson that needs to be heard uh, by so many people, especially given the last couple of weeks, what's been going on in the blogosphere. Hmm. Yeah, so in terms of he empowers us to work, like just the, the idea behind that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? What does it mean to be a faithful disciple of Christ, and why is it important to promote personal holiness as well as obedience to the law, even though we know that we are no longer uh, you know, standing on our own merits before the Lord? He's given us his righteousness, and we're mm-hmm. freed now to obey according to his strength. Sure. Yeah, so you know, he empowers us to work. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and so uh, the, the idea is that um, we're, we're, we're not saved by our works, but we are saved unto good works. Right. So it's it's the, the perfect merits of Jesus, his righteousness that we're uh, that we're clothed in. And that's that's the ground of our. Our salvation justified justified by by faith alone, apart from works of the law, um, and, and again, that that's that's not an end in and of itself, but it 
it has a God has a purpose in that salvation, which is that we would uh, that we would work <laughs> to glorify Him. Um, and uh, but that can't come apart from His empowering by the Holy Spirit, uh, whom He gives to uh, to those who who trust in Christ. Um, and so, um, if we uh, if if we don't see any works, um, we have there's there's a legitimate right to to question whether or not that justification happened um, in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a pastoral point, and that points us to the fact that you here are doing not only systematic theology but practical theology, and that's mm-hmm. connected with the doxology. But you're really driving it into the 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 important issues for people in their daily struggles with sin and the fact Mm. that we have a personal relationship with Christ. How do you think your personal ministry, you know, with Capitol Hill Baptist church and what you're doing now in a church revitalization program, Mm -hmm. how has that informed your art and vice versa? How have you come to use uh, your musical skills and abilities uh, to promote, um, you know, discipleship? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that that was uh, just really helpful for me at, at Capitol Hill is um, was just seeing the the emphasis on um, on the congregational aspect of things that that we as a local church um, together we're looking to God um, so um, less of an emphasis on on me and my uh, but rather us and ours. Um, and so, so even in uh, in the songs, um, while, while I don't want to dis- discount the reality of individual experience with God because that's that's necessary, but um, but God doesn't just call us as individuals, but right. He calls us into a body, right, mm-hmm. uh, corporately. Uh, and so, um, so, so discipleship, um, I, I see discipleship as we're um, we're walking together arms locked, eyes fixed on Christ, um, with, <laughs> with crosses on our backs, yeah. in a sense, right? Yeah. Um, um, you know, if anyone wants to be my disciple, Jesus says he must take up his cross and follow me. So, so how do we help each other, uh, get to heaven, um, uh, through, you know, through looking at Christ and walking together. Um, and so, so in many ways, uh, my, my music has, has been about that, um, but I, I think that emphasis on the corporate um, is a, was a big part of the fuel behind wanting to do an album of doxology that we could together praise God. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. <clears throat> what you just said, Shai, Could you share with us um, where the Lord has you and your wife as you've been um, not only doing Christian hip hop, I guess the last wow, um, 14 years now um, in, in edifying God's people all over the planet um, and been an amazing example um, and an encouragement to uh, your co-laborers, not only on our record label, Lampo Recordings, but um, helping to start this movement of, of more biblically-based or theologically-based hip-hop. But where the Lord has you now, you and your wife, mm-hmm. in moving into pastoral ministry um, and how how should God's people now think about, especially those of us that are somewhat connected to Christian hip hop, whether we're doing it or we're in an urban setting or 
there are people who just like listening to Christian hip hop. How should we think about church and um, calling? Um, and, and would you want to talk maybe a bit about um, your own calling, Shy, um, to pastoral ministry? Um, I think that would be really helpful as someone like myself has benefited from your shepherding um, pastoral care in a sense, you know, from when we first met in 2001, 2002, you were discipling me and then discipling God's people the last several years and then did Mark Dever's internship. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you've maybe when, when people just get saved, sometimes there's a an immersion into big ministries, um, but you've really slowly, I think, patiently allowed the Lord to work in you. And you've gone through a biblical process of, you know, Paul t- talks to Timothy about let um, people that are going into these kind of pastoral leadership ministries be tested. Mm. Um, and, you know, you've gone through being ordained as an elder. Mm. I guess maybe talk about for the Christian hip hop artist or listener, what does it look like to pursue ministry in the church beyond just Christian hip hop as helpful mm-hmm. as Christian hip hop can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, th- I think it starts with the, uh, even apart from hip hop, the, uh, just some of the duties that, that just we all as, as Christians have. Um, and so, so beginning with, uh, you know, once, once we trust in Christ, we're, uh, we're not called to be kind of individual rogue lone rangers out there, but we're called into, into a body, local, local churches. Um, and, um, and, and, and really over the years, um, um, the, the Lord has uh, used a number of, um, pastors and, and teachers to, uh, to help cultivate, uh, within myself and I know within you as well, Tim, and some of the other brothers, just, just a passion for the local church. Um, and, and that, um, you know, as, as an artist, I, I found that there was, um, at times tension between, um, kind of living life as, as an artist and also remaining faithful, uh, to serve, to serve locally. Uh, so once, once you begin to, to travel, one, one of the challenges that you come across is that a lot of events that people ask you to come and do are on Sundays um, mm-hmm. and which, um, you know, cause you to be away from your local church. And, um, mm-hmm. and very, very early on, I had a, a pastor uh, challenge me to, uh, to, to, to make that sacrifice to, to not necessarily take all of those events, uh, but just to make sure that I'm present and, and visible uh, and serving in my local congregation. Um, and, um, and then also att- attempting to uh, to fight, um, you know, you know, being uh, being being seen as some kind of um, special superstar or you know, in anything like that. Um, one of the things that helps to fight against that is to uh, is to be involved doing very regular kinds of stuff, even behind the scenes kinds of stuff um, at your church, um, so that the people who um, you're interacting with are not just interacting with you from, uh, you know, they're a fan and you're the artist, but rather right. now we're, we're both members here together. And the, 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 you know, we, the, the ground is level, level at the foot of the cross, you know, and they know you and they know your, your, your deep need of Jesus also. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and so, 
Um, but then out of that um, comes, okay, you're, you're serving within a, a, a local context and um, and God has gifted all of his people. And I'm a, a firm believer that if you're, uh, if you're exercising your gifts, um, that um, you don't even need to fill out a spiritual a spiritual gifts questionnaire, but the the local congregation is going to be able to tell you yeah. <laughs> what your right. gifts are, you know, because that you're, you're serving. Call. That's right. Um, that external call um, where the people are being blessed and uh, and they're able to to see the gifting and uh, and the character. And so so over time, there you know people were saying things like. Uh, you know, have have you considered pastoral ministry? And uh, mm. and, and and that's um, and that's something that, as you know, Tim, I, I was I, I wasn't quick to embrace that um, just because of the reality. Yeah, not many of you should be teachers, <laughs> right? Mm, um, so not 3, 1, James, James three one, not not um, you know rushing into that, but um, but over time uh, serving in that capacity and. Um, and then another thing is that um, I believe that elders are not um, are not necessarily made, but they're discovered in the sense that um, that they're not not that they shouldn't be training. They absolutely should be, um, but um, but you'll be able to identify potential elders by those who are already performing the function without the title. If that makes sense. Um, Shepherding and, God's people. Yeah. That's right. E- even before having the official title or ordination, they're already doing that kind of of work. And so they're easily identified uh, in that sense. Um, and so uh, this is my long way of just answering and just saying that it's just been a process um, over the years. And uh, being around uh, brothers like uh, Mark Dever and the mm-hmm. uh, and the staff at Capitol Hill, um, just very, very beneficial and encouraging me um, towards uh, towards pastoral ministry. Praise the Lord. You know, I got to give uh, credit to Lantmo too in terms of how they um, market and, and promote. Um, going back to what you said earlier, there seems to be kind of a um, um, an intentional collaborative marketing on, on their part. Um, maybe I'm reading something into it, but for example, what I'm thinking of is um, you guys are going on tour. There's a, there's a tour going on right now, and um, the way it's billed is it's a group of guys. So that it you know it's not one guy kind of shining over everybody yeah, as like you know, the marquee guy. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when lamp mode promotes their guys, it's, it's nice to see that this is like you said, part of a group, part of a family. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that's intentional. Um, do you have any thoughts, you know, behind the scenes on that? Yeah, it, it's absolutely intentional. Um, again, so, so we're, we're, we're trying to fight against, uh, a tide, a cultural tide, right? So the so the tide in the culture, and this is American culture and, and uh, hip hop culture, is it's all about you, right? It, it's it's about it's about the superstar, it's about yeah. the 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 celebrity, um, and um, and if we're not thoughtful, um, if we just do the things that are the industry standard things to do do well those things are geared towards making stars and making celebrities um and so um so so it takes intentionality to say uh you know what 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 can we do um as as much as possible on our end to try to minimize some of that kind of thing um and so so even um you know and and tim tim and i we 
these are things that we've talked about a lot over the years. So, um, so even doing album covers, right. Um, and, and not having a big old picture of shy with his sunglasses on, right. on the album cover <laughs> posing, right. Looking hard. Gold chains. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And gold teeth as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, and it is, and it's not, it's not to diss brothers who do take, I'm not saying it's sinful to put your face on the album. That's not right. what I'm saying. Right. The, 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 the point is that there's, there's a statement that we're trying to make with that, which is we want to direct the attention away from us and our image. And we want to try to reflect and, and, and deflect that back to the Lord Jesus. Um, and, um, and so not just wanting to do things because that's the way it's done, but rather how, how can we reflect biblically on these things and take scriptural values and attempt to apply them within this, uh, this particular setting. Yeah, that's awesome. It's encouraging. I think, um, within our first couple of years of our relationship, Shai and I is 2001, 2002, um, Shai challenged me in love said, Tim, it's dope that you visit with me to 10th Presbyterian Church sometimes, which is where Shai was a member at the time. And sometimes you go to this church or that church. But, bro, you, you know, the Lord, the Lord is calling you to join a church. What are you going to do? Um, so I, I, we, we joined the church together in 2002. Mm-hmm. And um, that was so helpful because we had a pastor, Lance Lewis, at the time, um, who really encouraged us with our gifts. And mm-hmm. yet, he saw past them and longed to know how can we grow in personal holiness? How can we grow in a worshipful relationship with Christ? How can we serve the church? Mm. And it's just been so beneficial considering First Peter 5. And I think Shai has been a great example of that. And I'm in this same process of um, as a young man being subject to the elders. Mm. It's interesting that Peter makes a connection there with, Humbling yourself before the Lord, for he will exalt you. Well, what does it look like to humble yourself before the Lord? Submit to the elders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's Shai's plea and mine as well, especially for Christian hip-hop um, artists and listeners and, and people in, in the church and in our generation. Um, so it's been helpful for me to be at a church where I can be real with my elders. They know my struggles, my weaknesses, mm. my need to grow as a husband and father. And they're encouraged by the spiritual gifts and even by the gifts to use hip hop. But they want me to love my wife and they want me to grow in character. Um, and mm. it's helpful to be at a church where you're not necessarily a superstar, but you're another brother um, right. and, and who can be there to, to grow along with God's people. So may the Lord continue to do that Um in us and in his people and give that encouragement because we meet a lot of young men, a lot of young brothers in the Lord who are maybe attracted to the superstar status that maybe Mm -hmm. they could get even through Christian hip hop as Mm -hmm. the heart is so deceitful. Um, And it's been encouraging to see shy. You go through maybe the the slower, longer road Mm -hmm. even to pastoral ministry. Um, But to do it, I think the more biblical way and and I've, I'm seeking to do the same. Um, and uh, did you want to share at all, Shy, about your church plant as you'll be planning in the Philadelphia area soon? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how, where can doxology and even uh, whether it's Christian hip hop or even worshipful hip hop, um, mm-hmm. which this last album it, is more of, how can that fit in to Sunday worship or mm-hmm. Wednesday night prayer meetings or discipleship? 
for for um, biblical resources, um, though they be musical. Yeah, yeah. So so the 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 songs on on doxology, they, they don't they don't come out of a vacuum, but they come from from a particular context. Um, and so, um, so I was uh, involved with Epiphany Fellowship um, and mm-hmm. Christ Liberation, um, and heavily involved in thinking through music and um, and, and what does it look like to um, to communicate uh, these truths in in this particular setting, urban um, majority African American uh, hip hop generation kind of a setting. Um, and, uh, and so, so these, these songs were in many ways birthed out of that. Um, and, um, but you know, ha- also having a desire to, uh, to plant a church, you, c- you can't have enough <laughs> good, uh, healthy churches, um, that are, that are solidly, um, grounded in, um, in reformed theology. And so, uh, so we're we're excited, myself and a brother named Brian Davis. Um, yeah. Uh, to uh, we let people know that we're going to be planting uh, in uh, Philadelphia, Lord willing, in in the fall of of 2015. Um, and um, yeah, a, lo- a lot of the things that we're that you that you hear on Doxology, um, I would I would envision, depending on who God uh, sends to be involved with the plant, that we'll be doing similar kinds of things. Um, now, one of the things that's come up has been the issue of, um, of rap and hip hop and, um, and corporate worship. And, um, and, you know, over the last couple of months, there's you know, been a lot of controversy about uh, just Christians listening to hip hop in any kind of <laughs> setting, um, let alone corporate worship. And uh, even amongst those who would, um, uh, would defend uh, the usefulness of Christian hip hop would say, uh, yeah, but not in a corporate worship setting. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think I understand why those who would say that would say it, um, which is, um, when, when people think about hip hop, the, you, you think about a performance medium, right? You think of one, one person, one rapper, um, rapping the song and, and then everyone else being, being passive, just passively, uh, listening. Um, and so that puts the it can put the spotlight on on the rapper um, and and make it a performance, which we know that corporate worship is not about <laughs> performance. Um, it's it's about uh, lifting up vertically our gaze to to God. Um, and so so one of the other aims with doxology um, is to say I. I recognize that, understand it, and and agree with it that that corporate worship should not be a performance. Um, and and yet, I think that there are things that can be done within the medium to to help um, uh, fight against some of those challenges. Uh, and so, so one of those things would be would be call and response. Um, so. Uh, in many of our conservative search, uh, churches, we have what's known as a responsive reading, yeah, right? We Where do the that. person, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's a very OPC thing to do, right? <laughs> not, not necessarily, not necessarily. <laughs> no, <laughs> but okay. yes, you, yeah, we'll see. Right. Yeah, there are yeah. many churches that do that. Yes. Okay. Right. So 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 where where the um, uh, the minister up front will uh, read a line from a psalm, and then the congregation will respond with the next line in the psalm, um, mm. and and so I'm. 
basically literally doing that in in um in one of the songs the christ where yeah. mm-hmm. uh, right calling out a particular truth from god's word and then the congregation responds yeah in, in affirmation to that um uh, to that uh, truth um so um i i don't know um what's going to happen from here and whether or not <laughs> it, it will be embraced but I, but i do know that there's uh there's a group of people for whom um, that style is their natural uh, form of communication. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, and and who will um, who will embrace that more readily than they'll embrace something that's of, of a different cultural form. And the desire is to remain as biblical as possible and as Christ centered as possible and to 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 um, to lift all of our eyes, all of our gazes up to God himself that he might he might get the maximum amount of glory. And I, and I have no problem with if if things are distractions or unhelpful, uh, removing those things. There's, there's no problem with that mm-hmm. at all. We, we're not slaves to, to culture. We're slaves to Christ. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point, because um, I think the main thing, at least in corporate worship, is to make sure that the congregation could, with one heart and, and, and with one mind, you know, follow along and, and know what's going on in, in the service. But you make a, a just an, an excellent point in terms of contextualization and what the people are familiar with. You know, mm. one, one reason I think hymns have endured so long is because they can lend themselves to being printed and people can follow, mm. you know, the words and know where you are. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes some knowledge of, of how music, even if you can't read the music, you, you still have to understand that there are measures and where things fall so that you can follow along. And that's what the accompanist is supposed to be doing at their best is to help you track. But there that's are other right. ways to do that. I mean, the hymn is not the exclusive form of acceptable worship. I mean, there's mm. debates in Reformed circles about only singing psalms, for instance. Other people would never mm. even have an accompanist. Right. There are different ways to do it in different contexts. And I think especially a lot of the tracks that we do find on Lyrical Theology Part 2 could lend themselves in a very helpful way to certain contexts where the congregation would be much more comfortable doing that and it would lend itself to more faithful worship than if they did some other particular form uh, mm. Like like a hymn, for instance, or or something else. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an excellent point that you make, and it's something I think that maybe some reformed people uh, need to remember. Um, mm. You know that God didn't put His exclusive stamp on Renaissance era music, for instance, <laughs> mm. or classical mm. music, and say this is you know my ideal. Mm-hmm. It's a great and, and, form, but there are others too. And and I, and I would want to want to just just to chime in on that. I think mm-hmm. I think you make a really good point. Um, when when I think about my own ethnic heritage, you know, be, being African-American um, and uh, kind of going, going back to the, the beginning of uh, Christianity amongst um, Af- African-Americans, mm-hmm. uh, where in many cases you, you're talking about illiter- illiteracy, right? Mm-hmm. So not knowing how to read, um, but yet they're, they're believers and are, are being taught truths from the Bible. Um, and um, and, and it becomes very much about um, about something auditory, right? Yeah. So you, w- what you're hearing and and having that kind of call and response where where a phrase is said and then it's repeated, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. And and then even if you want to take it all the all the way back um, to uh, the you know 
the Hebrews. Yeah, that's what they did. In that <laughs> right, sense, did, a lot right? of the uh, African American spirituals mm-hmm. and uh, you know lyrical practice or poetic practice is probably culturally more similar to what we find in the Old Testament than some of our modern Western forms. That's right. And I think about Psalm 136, right? Mm-hmm. His, his Precisely. love endures forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. That repeated refrain as, as he walks through redemptive history and what, and what God's works. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just, I, I think you, I just wanted to chime that in. I yeah, think that's a good point. And I should also note that uh, our Trinity hymnal in the OPC does include some spirituals. So we are indebted to you and we do sing, <laughs> like, Were You There? It's one of my favorite song, or songs mm-hmm. of all time. And, and well, others, you know what's so they endure. Yeah, just real quick. Mm-hmm. Whenever I first met Shy, we would open with our um, times in Romans with a hymn many times. Mm-hmm. And when we would go to church together, and then when Shy began to be the worship leader at this PCA church plant, Christ Liberation Fellowship, we mainly sung hymns. Mm-hmm. And Shy, would you want to talk a little bit about your love of hymns? Yeah. And as Maybe we mentioned, they're, they're on this album. We have hymns yeah, on this album. Mm-hmm. That's right. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus on this album. But the overlapping aspects of hymns that we would find like in the Trinity hymnal, mm-hmm. um, even with lyrical theology and how you can even sing hymns over hip hop drums or beatboxes. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I, I think as a, as a guy, as a hip hop guy, I, I was, I was, I was immediately drawn to hymns even more so than the, the contemp- kind of contemporary Christian music at the time, um, just because of the, just the density of it. Um, yeah, I, I could just connect with these kind of just deep thoughts um, uh, being injected into into this into this form. So I I actually have a I have a preference um, for for hymns, <laughs> even um, theological so, prose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my, my historical hero is John Newton. Um, so I, I look at nice. I look at Newton in a lot of ways as. Um, as a model of, of a person who was a, a, a faithful pastor uh, in his local congregation for many years, and then and then a poet at the same time. Um, and I think if Newton was around, he would he he'd be a really dope MC. You know what I'm saying? So um, <laughs> I bet that's right. I think he'd be into your wife's work. Uh, definitely. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of that, you know, we talked about collaboration. Can you just touch on who else is featured on this album? There are just some fantastic vocalists. Um, mm-hmm. who, who are we listening to? Yeah. So, so I included my, my lovely wife. Um, and so she, she has a, a poem on there called light and heat. Um, and then we have uh, a number of just excellent singers. So we have a sister named Leah Smith, uh, who I met at Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia. She sings on uh, on a few of the songs, Our Treasure is Christ and uh, To the Praise of His Grace. Uh, then we have a brother named Chris Lee uh, Cobbins um, out of Kansas City, and he's, he's on uh, two of the songs. And then we have a group uh, called uh, Joint Heirs, um, who... Uh, uh, two two brothers who are on the song "Come, Lord, Lord Jesus, Come." So it was it was it was exciting to to be able to to bring in different uh, vocalists to add uh, different kinds of uh, flavors uh, to to the songs. And Shy Lin is also singing on a number of tracks. <laughs> by the way. He does a good job. Good vocals, yeah. And then I will well, also and- add, add uh, Brooks Ritter from Sojourn uh, is on is on one of the songs as well. Good friend. 
Is is that the last one? I want to talk especially about the last one. Maybe we can end with this or see if anybody has any other questions. But the last track is is a little bit of a different flavor from the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what kind of thought went into that? It's a very beautiful track. Yeah, so the, the last song is uh, Doxology, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow, Praise Him All Creatures Here Below, Praise Him Above, Ye Heavenly Host, Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, and uh, and that is that, that takes me right back to 10th Presbyterian. Um, where, uh, where we would sing that doxology often. Um, and, and it was very, uh, very formative for me. And so I wanted to um, include, you know, it, th- throughout the album, there's a number of things that if, if you were, if you knew me, you could kind of trace them back to different periods and points in my life. Um, and, uh, and so that, that last song is very, very, very meaningful because it, um, it's, it's where, um, where I even learned the term <laughs> doxology um, at, at, through the ministry of uh, James Boyce and Phil Riken at 10th. Um, and it was just a big part of, um, of, of what the Lord has, has been doing in me. So I wanted to include that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fitting point uh, to end the album. But we do look forward to part three. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look forward to perhaps speaking with you again, Shy. This has been just a delight to talk to you. And I hope our listeners really enjoy and appreciate uh, the great work that you're doing. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. Anytime. I do want to point people uh, to the websites. Uh, you can find out uh, more information about Shy Lynn's work at lampmode.com. That's uh, L-A-M-P-M-O-D-E.com. There you'll find uh, information about Timothy Brindle as well. You know, many of us will still be partial to having vinyl. So are there vinyl? <laughs> are there going to be vinyl editions of this that we can have? Or? Uh, we'll have so. to talk to Joshua Wan <laughs> to see if right. they can, uh, if we can press or cut uh, some records here. Yeah, maybe an eight track too. Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I don't I know. know about that. That was yeah. just a bad experience all around. <laughs> but you can find out more information about Westminster as well at wts.edu. Uh, you can also find out information about us and stay up to date with what we're doing at reformedforum.org. Uh, you can get in touch with us by sending us an email through the contact form on that page or by tweeting us at Reformed Forum. We do want to thank everybody for listening, and we hope you join us again next time on Christ the Center.